Black Simba. This is the eighth podcast of the Scattered Hebrew series, and um, I'm going to be going over the tribe of Asher. So if you're just tuning in, um, this this whole series that that I'm going over, uh, the Scattered Hebrew series, goes over Hebrew anthropology. Um, It goes over who who are the Hebrews, where are they today, how do we know? Um, So we're looking at a lineage and we're looking at um, uh, modern and as well as historical civilizations and their relation to ancient Hebrews. Um, I do recommend that you listen to the podcast in order, but if you are going to skip around, I would at least recommend to um, listen to the house of Israel podcast before um, getting into this one. So, Deuteronomy 33:24 uh, it says Asher is most blessed of sons let him be favored by his brothers and let him dip his foot in oil your sandals shall be iron and bronze as your days so shall your strength be so Asher was the eighth son of Jacob um, after Leah's maid gave birth she was elated that the Hebrew daughters would see how blessed she is and so named uh, him Asher uh, meaning happy the tribe of Asher also was a tribe of the house of Israel that migrated into the Americas from Assyrian captivity. They populated a large portion of South America, uh, Colombia, Brazil, Peru, uh, Venezuela, Guyana, Paraguay, Uruguay, and are now um, more recently known as the Incas. They established a powerful kingdom throughout South America. as I just went over in Deuteronomy 33, um, Asher would be blessed with many children. The Inca state spanned from northern Ecuador into central Chile and consisted of more than 12 million inhabitants. Um, in modern times, Brazil has the largest population of children. Uh, unfortunately, m- many Brazilian children are left to fend for themselves on the street due to lack of welfare, orphanages, and foster care. Um, there was a, uh, a really good movie that that was made um, in the early 2000s called the city of God. And it really went into the way of life um, for these kids in, in uh, Brazil. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, you know, check it out. It's uh, it's pretty intense though. Um, some 2000 years ago, well before the Inca state, the Nazcas were engineering subterranean aqueducts for their civilization um, to thrive in Peru. Large quantities of oil and gas can also be found um, all throughout South America. Venezuela alone is one of the world's largest producers and exporters of oil. Um, They produce up to 135 million tons of oil each year. South America contains about one-fifth of the world's iron ore reserves, the most important beds being in Brazil and Venezuela. And uh, in Peru is one of the top five copper-producing mines in the world today. So it's for these reasons that Moses said their sandals would be iron and bronze, and that Asher would dip his foot in oil. Overall, South America is very rich in many mineral resources from the ground. 
Even the Hebrew word for iron is uh, barazal, which is very similar to Brazil. It was not lost um, on the European explorers when first coming into contact with these natives that there were associations um, immediately linking to Hebrews according to the customs, language, and clothing. Uh, so I'm going to read this. Uh, this is from Lord Kingsborough, Antiquities of Mexico. It says, Both the Mexicans and the Peruvians were accustomed to take off their sandals whenever they trod upon holy ground or entered their, the places of their kings. This agreement is an arbitrary custom between two Indian nations so remote from each other would seem to argue a common acquaintance on their part with the history of God's appearing to Moses in the burning bush and commanding him to take off his shoes because the place on which he stood was holy. Here's another passage from uh, Antiquities of Mexico. It says, It is certainly very extraordinary to find from the Oronco illustrated of Gumia and Coriot's voyages to the West Indies that Indian nations so remote from each other as those of the Oronco and the tribes who lived on the confines of Peru on the banks of the La Plata, as well as the Chalshaki, a people situated between Peru, Tucumán, all use circumcision and strictly abstain from the flesh of the swine. Uh, this last one I'm going to read is from the Jewish expositor and friend of Israel. Uh, this is going back to 1820. So it says, Lacked in his description of South America, as well as Escobardus, assures us that he often heard the South Americans repeat the word hallelujah. And Malvinda says that the natives of St. Michael had tombstones with several ancient Hebrew characters upon them, as... Why has God gone away? And he is dead, God knows. The Michuans, one of the original nations of Mexico, held according to the Ab Clavigero's uh, declaration, this tradition that there once, there was once a great deluge, and Tepsi, as they call Noah, in order to save himself from being drowned, embarked in a ship formed like an ark, with his wife, his children, and many different animals, and several seeds and fruits. As the waters abated, he sent out the bird, which bears the name of Ora, which remained eating dead bodies. He then sent out other birds, which did not return, except the little bird called the flower sucker, which brought a small branch with it. Um, that's Panopolis for June 1813. Uh, from this family of Tepsi, the Michuans all believe they derive their origin. Both Malvinda and Acosta affirm that the natives observed a year of jubilee according to the usage of the Israelites. And that's all, um, that whole piece is from the Jewish expositor and friend of Israel, uh, volume five. So that last journal is, uh, I mean, they're all incredible, but specifically that last one is uh, pretty mind blowing as it talks about the Incas often exclaiming hallelujah, which means praise Yah in Hebrew. Um, using Hebrew lettering, celebrating Jewish festivities, as well as bringing up that Mexicans, um, which is Ishikar, which I've gone over in, uh, in another podcast, could recount the flood story centuries later in the Americas as it was written by Moses. Uh, Jacob had this to say about Asher. He says, bread from Asher shall be rich and he shall yield royal dainties, which is uh, Genesis uh, 49 verse 20. Now, these dainties or exquisite foods are never on display more than at festivities, the biggest of them being the South American carnival Mardi Gras, and is highly celebrated throughout Latin America. 
Uh, carnival is derived from Latin, uh, carnum lavare, meaning removal of flesh. The festival ends at the beginning of Lent, so there are many meat-free recipes, including an abundance of sweet treats and other tasty foods.